right, here we are. How's it going, Charlie? Hello, going good. How about you, Miguel? It's going well. Welcome everyone to The Future Belongs to Creators. I am Miguel, as the name under, and uh, words under my face say. If you're on the podcast, my name is under my face. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> Audio description done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ah, good. Uh, so I'm excited about today. Uh, you might've noticed that Haley isn't here today. She's in a loud environment, I guess, um, which is not conducive to something like this. So nope. we'll see her next week, I'm sure. Yes. But I just wanted to talk with Charlie today about um, kind of the the ins and outs, we'll say, of running a newsletter. So the reason I wanted to talk to Charlie about this today is because she is no stranger to a newsletter. She's nope. apparently published a few, uh, right? So... <laughs> So the story goes, yeah. So the story goes. Something like 20-something issues of your current newsletter, right? So Yes, of the current iteration. I feel like I've had varying, I don't know, newsletters over the years. And this is the one that really feels like it's sticking right now. I run a newsletter hmm. called the Marketing Design Dispatch. And it's a weekly newsletter about marketing design. Quite a niche topic. There's a lot of people on my list who aren't marketing designers and they still seem to enjoy it though. So that's nice. But yeah, I'm uh, just in our issue 22 went out this Monday of of the dispatch. That's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, I like I kind of like that it's a that you're kind of sticking to doing it for a niche audience. I think it it's like a two it's two sides, right? So obviously the people that are interested in it, but you might reel a few people in that may not realize that they're interested in it, but you're kind of introducing them because they like you, obviously. Yes. When I started it, I just started sending it out to my whole email list, which, you know, that's made up of, I think I have about 24,000 people on my email list right now. And that's people who have signed up for varying different reasons, you know, and varying different opt-in forms and mm -hmm. things over the years. But my point is that they they didn't all sign up specifically to receive this newsletter. I just started sending it to them. <laughs> but I did give everyone an out. Like I have a, a custom opt-out link in every newsletter that says like, if you want to stay on the list, but you don't want to receive these emails, then you can. Um, so I send it to a segment of everyone but the people who have opted out. But yeah, it's my my reason for starting it is actually because I'm writing a book about marketing design that I think I've talked about before on the show. And I just realized that having a newsletter on this topic would be a really prime thing for me to start doing to build up a reputation in this area, right? So that when my book comes out, there's a bunch of people who have perhaps learned a little something from me about marketing design along the way and might be more interested in buying the book than if I had never sent them anything to do with marketing design before, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's partly why I did it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like, I feel like it helps you establish yourself as kind of like an authority mm. on a topic. So like when something goes out, like say a book or, you know, like a something you've put a lot of work into, um, you're kind of priming your audience with a little bit of that ahead of time. And then it kind of like whets their appetite for something like really big, like a book or something like that. Yeah. And it's been fun for me to ask, I've been writing this book. Uh, I've been sharing snippets of things that I've been writing for the book in the newsletter, essentially. Mm. My newsletter is part, part like article, I guess. Um, and part roundup of resources or like interesting things that are happening in design. Um, and sometimes for the article part of the newsletter, I will send out like a, the intro I wrote to a chapter of the book, for example. And it's been really fun for me to see the response when I do that. 
like it's just so encouraging when people reply to one of those new newsletters and they're like, oh, I really liked this or like I related to this part. I'm like, good, good, good. I'm on the right track with the book then if you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask, I was going to say, are you are you resisting the temptation to use this as a way of like trying out ideas for your book or is it just a kind of a great tool? Oh, I'm not resisting it at all. No, no yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm leaning well into it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I can only imagine that's going to make for a better book. I hope so. You know, seeing how people yeah. kind of getting like a, it's a way of like testing the mm -hmm. waters with an idea or a topic and just kind of seeing, maybe they'll even help you think of things that you didn't even consider to put in your book. But somebody asks a question, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, I didn't think of that. That kind so. of has happened in the, in the replies. People like, I don't know, maybe the thing that stuck out to them was something that was just like a passing comment for me. But for them, it was like a really key point and that really like made them think of something. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. I should make sure I lean into that more in the book or expand on it or whatever. Yeah, it's sort of like focus grouping um, when I do get replies. I'm trying to encourage more replies. I don't get, get, get as many as I like. Uh, and I think that's because I send this newsletter out using a template, mm -hmm. you know, with a, a design. And we know at ConvertKit that if you send out a plainer text email, it's going to feel more personal and it's more likely to get a response perhaps than one with the whole design around it. But um, I just felt like I wanted to use an email template with a design to brand it in a way uh, and to give it that that feel mm -hmm. like this is a, a complete thing and, and yeah, build up the brand for the newsletter. Also, it kind of makes me smile a little bit if, you know, you, you consider the topic where it's marketing design <laughs> and then you send out an email that looks like somebody's like slapped it together on Word or something like that and just sent it out. They'd be like, uh, is this person really <laughs> knows what they're doing? Uh, is that is that Comic Sans? I don't. I would never. You know me, Miguel. <laughs> uh, I, I know that. I know that. Just kidding. That's funny. Yeah. No, I, I constantly kind of ping pong back and forth because I know we always tell people that, uh, you know, engagement is helped by a simpler email that looks like it was sent from someone mm -hmm. that you know, as opposed to like this sort of like great thing with like tons of pictures and links everywhere. And like, it's just this mess. So like finding some sort of like a sweet spot between something that's personal, but also that looks good and if it's a newsletter and it's constantly coming out all the time and I subscribe to newsletters as well. And eventually you get used to the design and there are certain parts of the newsletter that you kind of gravitate mm -hmm. to. Like this is the section where I normally get the bulk of the things that I'm interested in. So I'll scroll straight to it. And I kind of like know my way around as opposed to like reading this thing to cover to cover, like a book. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, it's a mini website in your inbox, right? That's what emails with design templates are essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fraught idea because I will say sometimes people write in to us and say, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to add all these videos and stuff to my email. And I'm trying to like, I'm like, you're building an entire website in an email mm -hmm. and this thing is going to explode. Yep. Uh, yep. If it tries to go to anybody's <laughs> inbox, it's insane. You know? So it's funny because there's constantly this marriage of we're pushing the envelope with what we can do with emails because people are so used to surfing the web now and they're so used to seeing content a certain way that emails keep kind of bumping into that. Mm. And how can we make this email basically a, a web page that gets delivered into an inbox? So yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I digress. So speaking of newsletters in general, I know that this is something that's been kind of more and more of a thing. And we've had a topic on this in the past 
on our podcast, we've talked about newsletters, but just real quick, I wanted to talk about how you decide what to put in a Mm. newsletter. Is everything newsletter worthy? I know sometimes it can be like a digest of several different things, or if there's different sections that are maybe several topics that don't have anything to do with each other. So how do you, how do you like craft a good newsletter? Yeah. I think the best newsletters for me so far, and by best, I'm judging as the ones that I got responses to, you know, the ones that people went out of their way to say, I really enjoyed this newsletter. That's a good newsletter if someone bothered to respond and tell you that or to tweet about it or whatever. (laughs) I've noticed the best ones have a theme to them. So for example, I did one about um, how actually I do think designers should learn to code, hot take, and there was like a little article piece because that's what I said I like to start my newsletter with is more of a, it's not too long, but longer form um, piece about on the topic. And then there was resources for learning to code that I shared in the sort of roundup section. And that got a good response. The other day, I actually also did one that I was, I wasn't sure how it was going to go down, but um, I'd been on vacation and I had not written my newsletter for the following week. And it was Sunday, last day of my vacation. I was like, I have not been paying attention to anything in marketing design world for the past week. What am I going to write about in this newsletter? Hmm. And so instead, I decided to write about how important it is for your creativity to be taking breaks and recharging. And I shared some of my favorite things to do that are nothing to do with design. Like I shared a Star Wars ebook. I shared a bloody face mask. <laughs> there was like a bunch of stuff in there that wasn't to do with design, but it got a really good response. People were like, oh, I loved this. Like I loved um, you thinking about creativity in this way of recharging it. And, you know, it was nice to see how you're spending your time and like nice to know um, you outside of design. Oh, thanks. Teddy just said that was the best one yet. So thanks, Teddy. I appreciate you. Yeah, that sort of thing. When, when there's been a theme to it, I feel like they've done well. Uh, when it's rather than mm-hmm. when it's sort of like more of a random hodgepodge of recommendations. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess you've learned your lesson. You have to have more Star Wars content. <laughs> yes, that is the lesson from this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you take nothing else. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love... The idea of, you know, sometimes when you're just trying to force something and you're like, this happens to me sometimes when we're thinking about like topics of what to talk about on this podcast or, or what we're going to do, you know, within my team at ConvertKit, um, where we're going to have a meeting or something like that. And I'm trying to think of what I want to focus on. Sometimes it's just kind of, I, I kind of take it at surface value as like, well, instead of trying to force something maybe this is a great opportunity to kind of back away from the normal way that I think and sort of have a little bit more fun with it and see how that goes and just kind of like try out new stuff. And because otherwise you just, I don't know, you just kind of end up, I don't like what comes out of me whenever I like force creativity. Mm. It's never satisfying or hardly ever satisfying. Yeah. And that's one of the the hardest parts of running a weekly newsletter is Every single week, you need content to send out to your list, right? There's been some weeks that I've skipped. Mm -hmm. Like I skipped my birthday week. I was like, I don't want to write a newsletter on my birthday, so I'm not going to. Uh, You know, sometimes I make up (laughs) excuses for myself. But I did that because I didn't, I would rather have skipped it than put out something subpar. But I do know also that consistency Mm -hmm. is really important in a newsletter. And so you want to get out content every week as much as you can. Something that I've been doing to try and combat this is actually having guest edited issues where I don't write it, I invite a designer friend of mine on to write the issue instead. And it's a chance for me to share my platform with them. You know, I think having an email list 
the size that I do, there's a bit of, you know, that's a good value to someone to spend their time writing to. I can get them, them in front of my audience. And so that's what I've been doing once a month. I've been trying to have a guest issue this year. And honestly has not saved as much time as I thought because it's still me coordinating it all and I've still got to write the introduction, you know, but it's been fun as a, that's at least one that I don't have to think of the theme of. I'm handing it off to someone else to do the bulk of that and then putting them in front of my audience. Yeah. When you first start out, you're like, all right, here's a topic that was easy. Here's a topic that was easy. And then like you get into like issue 10, 11 and 12 and you're like really kind of scraping and you're like, uh oh. Yep. This is maybe, maybe the weekly thing was a bad yeah. idea. Uh, maybe this should be monthly. Uh, oh, so I, I, I hear yep. you. That's funny. <laughs> so when you're, when you're speaking of, you know, coming up with the content mm-hmm. and stuff, when you're creating something, I know there's obviously a newsletter on some level is promotional mm-hmm. in some level. So, but how do you kind of strike a balance between your educational content as a, or, or like the stuff that, you know, really brings value to people. And then like kind of your pitch, mm. like the, the thing that you might want to be trying to use to convert some of your audience. Yeah. That's definitely been something I've been wary of. And honestly, part of the reason for starting this newsletter is so that I'm not just emailing my list when I have something, some action I want them to take. Right. I'm giving mm. them value weekly so that hopefully when I do have the thing to pitch, they're more interested in it and they don't feel like they're just being sold to. Cause that's obviously not what I'm trying to do. Like what I would be pitching in my emails, I guess, is my own video content, like trying to drive views to that. Um, I also have my product, my digital product, Grayscale, as a font that I've made. I think I've mentioned it in two newsletters so far. I hope I'm not wrong on that, but I I think it's just been in two. Uh, And then obviously eventually when I have my book, I'll be pitching that in the newsletter as well. And I think it's mostly gut feel in that I don't want every single newsletter to have a pitch for something. And I definitely don't want the sole focus of the newsletter just to be pitching something. So if I'm including one of my own videos in it, for example, it's just one of the resources and there's other things in there as well that people could choose to go to instead. Same with if I'm pitching my font, it's not just about the font, it's one of the resources as part of the newsletter. Uh, And that's what I've encouraged my guests to do as well is like, look, this is for you to get in front of my audience and like, I don't know, get attention on something that you wanna, wanna promote but you need to be promoting other stuff as well. And so usually my guests will promote either their podcast or their YouTube channel as one of the resources that they're sharing with my audience um, on a certain theme. And that's worked out well so far, I think anyway, I don't think anyone's felt sold to in my newsletter. And maybe I'm even being overly cautious about it. I don't know. I feel like I do. I do worry about that sort of thing as a creator not wanting to feel like I'm selling out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause you know how that feels obviously, yeah. you know, when you're getting bombarded, when you sign up for an email newsletter and you're a weekend and you get like two or three things in your inbox a day, you're like, all right, buddy, I'm going to go ahead and unsubscribe. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't even be that bad if it wasn't like every single email is trying to get me back on to spend money mm. or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? So that's obviously very tiresome. So yeah. So that was, I was going to ask you about that too, is it's obviously a weekly newsletter. Do you arrive at doing a weekly newsletter because that's how often you want to, you know, put time into something like this? Do you feel like that's a good interval? If it's, is that like the ideal interval for you to be able to collect enough content so that it's valuable? Um, like why a week? Mm. Why not monthly? Why not? Like, why do we decide these intervals? I mean, obviously a newsletter is something that 
comes at a regular interval. But I think weekly is sort of weekly makes sense for a newsletter for me. I think monthly could also make sense, but I wanted to. I could see myself actually switching to monthly further on down the track, but I feel like if I was mm-hmm. only doing one a month. It feels more pressure for some reason. Like it feels like there's only one of these every month. I mean, there's only 12 a Ooh. year, so they better be fucking good. You know, They're, I used our F-bomb for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't use one now. Because another reason I wanted to do it is to comment on the happenings in the design industry as well and like be be timely about it. So I'm trying to think of an example where I did this. I can't think of one from the past, but what I know next week's newsletter is going to be is about some new features that Figma, which is a design tool, are launching at their conference that starts today and is going for the the rest of the work week. Uh, I know that Monday's newsletter will be sort of like my thoughts on those features. Maybe it'll be a critique of a marketing page they've designed about those features. Oh, that's right. I did one about an Apple marketing page when they launched a product. You know, it's a way to be timely with content for me. So that's why weekly. Yeah, um, I've been kind of thinking more seriously about kind of trying my hand at a newsletter. Not that I have much of a list or any list really at all. Well, this could be how you grow one, right? Right, exactly. And I mean, I'm definitely not getting anywhere by doing Mm -hmm. nothing. So I just kind of feel like this, I have nothing to lose kind of, of, of a mentality. I think the goal for me isn't necessarily to grow my audience. I think my goal is to grow my comfort level mm. with doing this and like my ability to kind of like keep up a regular interval and it, for it to be up to par with what I consider to be valuable. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of thinking I'm, I'm between a weekly and monthly. Mm. Um, I think, I think for, to start off, I want to do weekly just so I can have that repetition and kind of gain the skill. Get the reps in, yeah. And then like you were saying, maybe back off over time if I feel like that's necessary or I'm not sure yet, but. Well, this is the thing is that I think that a weekly newsletter is as valuable for you as the writer as it is for the audience because it is, it's building the habit, right? It's the habit of creating, the habit of writing, the habit of commitment as well, of committing to saying like, I'm going to do this thing for my audience every single week and then showing up and doing it. I think that's a really good promise to make to yourself as well as it is to your audience for sure. By the way, if anyone listening right now um, live, sorry for people who are um, listening after the fact, (laughs) uh, has a question about newsletters or anything like this, please drop it in the chat because we can for sure dig in and answer it. I thought, Miguel, I could try and share my screen and show my newsletter like landing page and some stuff of like, I don't know, just the like nerdy technical details maybe. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Shall I do it? (laughs) Let's do it. We'll do our best for our audio listeners to- To describe what's on the page. To describe what's going on. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'm just opening up. Yep. Great. So this is my landing page for Marketing Design Dispatch made with ConvertKit, of course. You are listening to a ConvertKit podcast. We're not going to not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So it has like a little, this is the logo that appears on the the email template as well. Um, So that's trying to create some familiarity there between Mm -hmm. the page and what you see in the email. And then a little description of it. I've, I've used our newsletter feed feature to always add the latest issue. So this updates itself automatically. I'm not having to come into the page and be like, oh, this was my um, latest issue or whatever. I love that. This is just selecting the public feed option inside ConvertKit. 
And uh, yeah, it shows up here, whichever the latest one is. And I like this because it means that people can get a glimpse of what the content is of the newsletter before they subscribe. So it can like get them interested in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think that everyone wants to try before they buy, right? And this is a good way to do that. And yeah, then it's just the sign up and my social links. Super simple page that's just my brand. Like I said, I send my email newsletter out to everybody <laughs> on my list, but this is the specific place I send people when I'm like, oh, you want to uh, join my newsletter list? This is where they can come to. Yeah. Is a newsletter something that is that everyone should do? Ooh. Is this like a, a no-brainer situation? Or is there an instance where maybe it's not the right choice? Hmm. Good question. I'd like to know what you think of that. What do you think? Because you're toying with this idea right now. Why would or wouldn't you start one? Well, that's why I'm asking, actually. I'm okay, because ask- you're trying to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> so my thing is, is I kind of want to take the work that I'm doing, uh, designing and building things out of wood and possibly doing like a wood design mm-hmm. kind of thing where you can... I offer like free plans for certain things. And then like, I don't know if I can take it deeper by offering extra plans. And that's kind of like how I kind of convert my audience. Or if uh, the conversion would be showing you step-by-step on how to build it. Like here are the plans, go go nuts. But if you want me to walk you through it, well, then that's what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that has to do with like, sort of like this interval of news, like, Unless there's a new design or something that I'm putting out. Like, I don't know what else I'm talking about. Does it make sense to talk about woodworking at large? Maybe not necessarily specific to me, but just kind of creating a space to talk about uh, like DIY and why it makes sense or, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I I sell plants, but like, let's talk about why you would build Mm. a table instead of buy one. Like, why bother? Yeah. You know, or, you know, is it because it's cheaper? Sometimes, but not always. Sometimes it's more expensive. It costs more, especially when you factor in your time. (laughs) Right, exactly. So is time part of the cost? I mean, if you're just adding up the cost of the wood and the screws and the glue, okay, well, maybe it's cheaper. But if I spend an entire weekend on this, would it have been better just to go to Ikea and spend 150 bucks and call it a day? You know what I mean? So That's probably never really the answer, but I think, Miguel, where, where you start is who are you writing to? Um, for me, my audience and my ideal like reader is someone like myself, uh, especially probably someone like myself a few years earlier in my career is who I'm always trying to talk to and, and who I'm trying to help. And I think you could think about it that way and ask yourself, like, okay, if another woodworker did this, what content would I want to see from them in a newsletter? And you can write that kind of content. Mm. I think you'd be surprised at how people are are definitely interested in the woodworking at large or, you know, insert your topic here at large thing and not just specifically the, like, functional here is your plan, you know? Um, People would be interested in your thoughts on topics and what you're seeing and what you think matters and, you know, your, your opinion on subjects that are related to it. So I think that, I think you should do it. And I think that, um, you can sort of lean into whatever you're thinking about at at the moment, right? Like if you're working on a new plan, then you can talk about that. If it's more, yeah, the thinking of this project and how it's held up over time, that could be another idea, but I think you should do it. I think that everyone has the capability of running a newsletter. 
because we all have thoughts on things and we're all thinking about stuff a lot of the time. And it's good writing practice. It's essentially like having a blog that you deliver directly to people's inboxes instead of them coming to your website, right? Um, that's another way to possibly think of it. Yeah, I try to remind myself that it's easy to get discouraged if I put a lot of effort into, mm -hmm. say, writing a newsletter or creating a YouTube video or putting together a plan. And mm. maybe nobody buys the plan or nobody opens the email or whatever. And I try to remind myself that the point isn't for that specific effort to succeed, but rather to build my catalog mm. to the point where somebody might show up. And sure, if you come to my page and I have two videos, you might be like, eh. But if you come to my page and I've been cranking these out for a while and there's like a backlog, then my page has value that I've added over time. It's not just what I did this week. So I'm not thinking about it in terms of I'm just going to try yeah. and see how this does because it's probably <laughs> not going to do well. Not the first no. attempt. I mean, yep. if I'm being serious, like the chances of me doing one YouTube video and that exploding are probably not realistic. So I'm just trying to think of when I randomly go on YouTube and I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to do this with wood. I don't know how. I find some how-to and some random, sometimes it's some random like 50-year-old guy whose son was Aww. holding up a camcorder. They taught me what I needed to know, but it mm -hmm. wasn't mm -hmm. great to like, as a viewer, it wasn't, the production value wasn't awesome. But there are ones out there where like, I go for the technique and I stay for the person. Yes, exactly. And I think it's the same for a newsletter. People come for the topic and stay for the the writer, the person behind the newsletter. Yeah, because then you get their mm -hmm. you get their brand on whatever it is that they're teaching you. You know, then I'm watching videos on things I already know how to do, but I'm just like, I want to see what this guy thinks about it. Uh, I want to see what this person uh, how they do it. Or sometimes it's just entertaining, and I'll just watch it while I'm eating lunch because yeah. they're just fun to watch. You know. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I already know how to do this, mm -hmm. but this person's hilarious or whatever. So Yep. And the same might be true of a newsletter that the topic that it is, someone's like, I already know how this, I don't know, like for, in my example, someone got, might be like, I already know how to research a brand competitor, which was the topic of last week's newsletter. But they might read mine <laughs> just to see how I approach it, you know, to enjoy the writing as well is a possibility. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, you sent it out to people that may not necessarily be interested in what the newsletter is about, but mm -hmm. they like they like Charlie, so. I will say that um, this is probably not the recommended way to like clean your email list, but I think I've found that uh, <laughs> every email I send gets like, it gets a good amount of unsubscribes as well. Like maybe 60 people will unsubscribe each time I send out an email. I'm sending it to like over 20,000, so that's probably not that bad. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't know. It started when I first sent it out. I was like, oh, no, am I doing the wrong thing? Like I'm losing so many subscribers from my email list by sending out these newsletters because previously I wasn't sending much at all to my list. Um, but then I realized, no, it's just people opting out of, of the type of content they want to see. Maybe they signed up for my screen printing opt-in and that's all they wanted from me. They don't give a shit about the design side. So they're going to leave and that's <laughs> fine, right? It's fine for your email list to sort of like yeah. cycle itself and for people to, to opt out um, themselves from receiving your content. If anything, I think that's probably a good sign of a healthy list. Yeah. Okay. Making me feel better about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, seriously though. I mean, you know, people come and go and their interests may change. They may have just, you know, been there for that one you know, sort of incentive that you are offering and they got what they want and they're out of there. Yeah. And that's fine too. But 
I mean, it shouldn't have any bearing on on what you're doing, really. You know, it's just like if you think about your newsletter as like a brick and mortar place, sometimes people go into a store and they leave without buying anything. That's true. That's okay. Yep. That's absolutely true. Or they just look in the window even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, you know, and, but they still might remember mm-hmm. that you're there and the day might come where they're like, wait a minute, I remember this thing in this one place. Let me go back there. Or maybe they might refer someone else to you. So it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a loss if, if people come and go. So yeah, agreed. And Alyssa, our deliverability expert as well, commented and says that unsubscribes are good, makes it um, better for deliverability if you keep your list high quality, just the people who want to be there. So thanks. Great, Alyssa. Awesome. I'm, I feel better about my unsubscribes now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Everyone's coming out of the woodwork to make you feel better about your unsubscribes. <laughs> yeah, about my unsubscribes. <laughs> Something else I think I want to share that I, I didn't really think about before starting the newsletter is um, the system management of it. So I have like a Notion workspace where each issue is its own page in Notion so that I can jot down ideas for like topics for future issues and collate things throughout the week as I see them that I think about. I just wanted to share that as a tip because it's worked really well for me is having that one space to go to curate each issue so that I'm capturing ideas in the moment and not just like sitting down and being like, what am I going to write about today? It's like <laughs> my past self did a bit of the work for me. <laughs> That's a great tip. You mentioned earlier that you've done other newsletters in the past. So when yep. starting this one 20, some 22 issues ago, what did you want to do differently with this one? Mm. That So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just doing this again, but you know, cutting and pasting a different topic. So what did you learn from your previous iterations? that kind of helped you in your current newsletter? Yeah, this is a great question. So my, my previous main newsletter that I did um, was many years ago now, and it it was just like stuff that I was liking or enjoying that week. It was um, like Roundup style, which my current one is too, but it was Roundup without a theme and it was always Roundup. And I just found myself some weeks scraping the bottom of the barrel for stuff to include. And I don't know, adding things that I didn't really care about that much, but I needed to have two videos in every single newsletter (laughs) because that's the like space that I had set aside for it. And so I really wanted with this newsletter both to have more focus, but also more flexibility. So the more focus comes in from me on the theme being it is the marketing design dispatch. Um, This is who it's for. I'm like just going to lean into that niche. Whereas previously it was sort of like, like my YouTube channel used to be, it was a bit of design, a bit of DIY, a bit of lifestyle, less of a focus. And then the more flexibility comes in to however I feel like formatting the newsletter that week I will. There's been some weeks where I think I've just sent out sort of like a long form article as the newsletter. And that's been what people got that week because that's what I felt like it needed to be. Um, other weeks, it's been like I've done a, a job roundup one before, collating a bunch of different marketing design jobs in the industry that I thought looked interesting. That's what people got that oh, week. That's cool. Yeah. So just like having that that freedom to be flexible and act on ideas like that, rather than it being a constantly defined format, like there's always going to be a video, a podcast, and a, a long form thing. Um, I kind of go back and forth on that because I think, like you said before, that there's newsletters you subscribe to where you know what content you're going to get and you know to scroll to that section. I think there's a lot of value in that, in the consistency of it. Um, and that's probably probably more valuable for the the reader than my way of doing things <laughs> where it's like, it's a bit random. But 
for me as the writer, for the sustainability aspect of it, to keep up the consistency, I needed that flexibility. And so I'm giving it to myself um, because I would rather have a newsletter that keeps going and is a little bit more flexible in terms of the content than to have it be too structured and for me to feel boxed in and trapped by it. I love that. I like I like that um that you're you're giving yourself space to kind of mess around with it a little bit. Yeah. But I love that you're also stressing the focus of it so you kind of don't you don't get too all over the place. And I like that you're really leaning into that specific that marketing design niche. I think some people might feel tempted to be very general with the things that they're saying to cast a, the widest net possible. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that tends to be less valuable and it tends to alienate the people that are reading your emails uh, and your newsletters because, you know, general stuff you can find anywhere with a simple Google, you know, the real nitty gritty mm-hmm. stuff, you really kind of have to like dig down and try and find people that are talking about it. I think people shouldn't be afraid to niche down for that reason. Cause like, When I think about myself as a designer and who I learn from, a lot of the things that I learn in the industry come from not fellow marketing designers, but from UX designers or, you know, product designers, different types of design. I know that my newsletter, the people who read it, aren't all marketing designers. In fact, probably a very small portion of them actually are because it's not super common as a role. But I know that people from UX, from product, from graphic design, whatever, they can still learn a lot from the things that are important to marketing designers. Um, And so, you know, just think about your own learning habits, I guess. You don't only go to people who are doing exactly the thing you do to learn. We take inspiration and learning from a lot of different places. And so my newsletter is just one source, (laughs) I I guess, of, of places for people to learn from. That's awesome. Something I want to shout out, and I'm going to try and share my screen again. Oh, here <laughs> and we go. it's going to not take as long as it did last <laughs> time. Just you wait. Okay, here we go. This is a new challenge that we're running at ConvertKit. It just launched this week. So if you're listening to this podcast um, in the next couple of weeks, head to convertkit.com slash challenge and check out the page. But it's a paid newsletter challenge. Um, bringing this up because it's something I've thought about doing is having a paid version of my newsletter where it's essentially the same thing, just it gives people the option to pay for the content. If they have like, I don't know, a team budget that can pay for training and stuff like that, or they just want to treat it more like a, kind of like a Patreon thing where they can pay to receive the content, like a tip, I guess. I've thought about doing that. I can't take part in this challenge because I work for ConvertKit, (laughs) but if you don't, you can. What we're doing is giving a bonus to anyone who generates subscription revenue and meets these milestones in May. So if you reach $100 in subscription revenue from a paid newsletter, we're going to send you a $25 bonus. If you reach a $5,000 revenue milestone, we'll give you an extra $500 and you get all the previous ones as well. There's a table on the web- on the website to look at. Um, but yeah, basically, if you've thought about starting a paid newsletter, you should do it in May so that you can take advantage of this is what I'm saying. Check it out, convertkit.com slash challenge. Yeah, I mean, why the, why the hell not, right? I mean- Exactly, Miguel. <laughs> best case scenario, you make some money. Worst case scenario, you learn mm-hmm. a lot about how to do a newsletter and what you don't want to do with a newsletter, yep. so- Yeah, exactly. Give it a try. Fuck it. There, I said it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we used two F-bombs in the no, same episode. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a rated R episode. Uh, yeah, already, for sure. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> well- Thanks, Miguel, for all your great questions today. Um, do you feel like coming out of this, like, where are you standing now on um, on starting a newsletter of your own? How Are you closer to doing it or closer to not doing it? I'm definitely closer and I'm not just saying that. Okay. Yeah, I, I want 
to kind of flex that that muscle a little bit and mm-hmm. just give it a shot. And um, I don't think there's any scenario where it's not valuable to at least try. So I'm gonna give it a go. Awesome. Okay. So and make all my family and friends subscribe to it. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, let me know when you got your landing page up so that I can subscribe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> good, good, good. Cool. And then I'll just make you give me pointers. So yeah, okay, deal. I mean, that's what we do here, right? Maybe we can give you pointers live on the show so that everyone else can benefit from it as well. <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. That's okay. Nope, that's all right. We're not there okay, yet. Okay, okay. Once I'm a resounding success, then you can ask me all the questions. Okay, I disagree with that approach, but we'll revisit okay, at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you all next week. See you then. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.